0: Welcome back for episode 41 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on July twenty-seventh, twenty sixteen on twitch.tv. Big shout out to the chat here. Thank you so much for spending your evening with us. This is your host, Blue Crew eighty-six. Alongside me, we have the man who it has been said has the voice of a flower, Justin Sane O five one six. Good evening. Next up is the third member of our Merry Little Band, our friendly neighborhood spokesman for paying, Steamin' Wheelie Beeman.
1: Pay and be with you anyway.
0: (laughs) We are we are also joined again tonight by one of the masterminds behind the amazing work over on Itch Star Collective that, you know, we use for nearly everything. Forrest. Forrest, how are you doing tonight?
2: I'm doing well, thank you.
0: (laughs) So we're we're also just FYI we have changed from the the oppressive Skype over to the 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 much more friendly apparently Discord just so if you have any issues on this episode just a heads up that might be we're we're still getting used to this new program for voice yes. voice chatting so um Forrest real quick just to just to recap on last time you were on where where can people find you particularly on the internet? I know we we interact with you on Twitter a lot.
2: Right, I'm on Twitter at Purple Chimera, which is also my gamer tag. Um, so it's up there if you need to spell it.
0: Awesome. And <laughs> That's we'll, we'll, pretty
2: much where you can find me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll definitely put a link for you in the show notes as well, like we normally do. So. Awesome. The topic of today's chat is going to be a look at the cryptarchy. Um, before we get into that, however, I did want to run through some quick notes. In our last chat, we took a look at the lore surrounding the first Crota Fire team. If you missed that and have any interest in hearing our thoughts on that, please be sure to check out www focusedfirechat.com for archives of all previous chats as well as links to all our various other pages. If you don't mind, please also be sure to give us some feedback on iTunes or through our email, FocusFireChat at gmail.com to let us know how we're doing. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins on Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Wednesday at around 10 p.m. Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. We also have officially joined the Guardian Radio Network. If you're not already listening to the podcast over on theguardiansofdestiny.com, fix that immediately. Guardian Radio and Guardian One are amazing groups and we're truly honored to to be joining them. Our next chat's going to be a discussion on the lore surrounding Vex structures and their functions, which should be a rather interesting one. So with all that, let's go ahead and dive into the lore of the Cryptarchy.
1: Alrighty. Well, of course, we all know how much everybody loves Master Rahul. Such a great guy over all the years that we've been playing. Um, Are we going to go through, just go through the notes real quick, Lou?
0: Yeah, let's let's start off with what we know. You know, so there there is a not a lot in the grimoire specific for the cryptarchy in general. We know we know there's some about the cryptarchs that we actually interact with, which are, you know, Master Arul and Master Ives. They're, they have each have their own card, which we'll definitely touch on. But more importantly, the cryptarchy is actually focused, you know, around the concept of the Ingrams. So let's kind of start. Let's start where the Ingrams started, which is back in the Golden Age. So Let's grab that card real quick. All
1: right, I have it up. Um, the Golden Age. The Traveler changed everything. It reshaped our solar system as decisively as it shattered our scientific and philosophical frameworks. To our ancestors, it must have been a hammer blow, a glimpse beyond the horizon expected possibility into a realm of transcendent power. The Traveler kindled the Golden Age, but we built it. We remember this with pride. Even after so much else has been lost, we settled our solar system and filled it with our work. Today, cryptarchs and scholars work to distill the legends of the Golden Age into truth. We know that humans lived longer flew further, and knew more. We know that countless ancient diseases and hatreds were extinguished forever. Human aspiration gives birth to vast engineering projects, sweeping social movements, and even new forms of life. The Golden Age was not without challenges. Sources speak of internal strife, philosophical rifts, particularly around questions of machine intelligence and mind forking and enduring scientific enigmas. But humanity and its machine children tackle these problems with pride, vigor, and contagious sense of pluralist compassion. Yeah. So, only a brief mention of the cryptarchs there. You know, they mm-hmm. tie them in with scholars, kind of. Um, and, you know, they want to kind of bring the best parts of the golden age to now. Right. they kind of do.
0: Well, and, you know, <clears throat> I think one of the first things that we talk about, we talked about in the chat, was what is a cryptarch. You know, it's kind of a, it, it's it's definitely a play off the word cryptology, um, obviously. But the so, what is cryptology? Cryptology is the study of codes and the art of writing and solving them. So basically, they're linguists. That's really what they're doing, and. We learn, you know, we'll get into this a little bit later with eyes, especially. But we learn that there's a very, very specific branch of crypt, the cryptology that they follow, which is crypto-archaeology. And so, for those you know who might not know the full definition of archaeology, it's actually really a really interesting tie in to cryptology because archaeology is the study of human history or prehistory through the excavation of sites and the analysis of artifacts and other physical remains. So think about that. Think of the cryptarchs as crypto-archaeologists. They're literally studying the art of writing and solving these linguistic problems. They're deciphering the information from our history in game Through artifacts, which you know we we know as Ingrams, and Ingrams are we'll we'll talk about them just in a second when we get to Master Ives, especially when we get to him. But Ingrams are very important to the to the crypto cryptarchs um, because of what they represent. They represent the the culmination of the golden age tech. And the knowledge that such tech granted to humanity within that golden age, and that all stems from the traveler who was the catalyst for that golden age. So the first cryptarch that we met was Master Arul, and you know, Forrest, you want to grab that card real quick.
2: The cryptarch card? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Master Rahul's insatiable curiosity drove him to the tower, where as resident crypto archaeologist, he can work directly with guardians returning from the frontier. He decrypts matter engrams as a free service, and when he builds trust with a particular guardian, he is happy to offer rare engrams for sale, although the scarcity of these artifacts forces him to ask for glimmer in compensation. Rahul's true love is history. He treats each new find as a chance to understand the glory of the golden age or the terrible truth of the collapse. Listen carefully to his murmurings. He may be the first to understand. And
0: so this is again, remember they're all they're all archaeologists. That's what that's what cryptarchs are. They are they are researchers of the past. And we i think it's noted i think it's something to note that the only two cryptarchs that we've experienced in game are awoken um i know that was a chat topic a little bit that was you know for a while there we were trying to figure out is is the cryptarchy completely awoken is there any other members of the cryptarchy that are not awoken um and you know, just given what we have available to us in game, the the answer is kind of we, we're pretty sure that it is an awoken thing. It's 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 based oh. in the awoken reef. Um and we'll again we'll we'll get to that especially when you start get, looking at some of the dialogue quotes between Raul and Ives. You can start getting kind I was of about a, to
1: say, Blue, let me let me interject real quick with the fact that they're also both from the reef. Mm-hmm. So Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, that would explain why they're both
0: awoken. Right, right, and we know, and we know from the Hygea Nobles that the one of the greatest libraries was actually on Hygieia, which was destroyed um, during the start of the Reef Wars, and so we'll we'll talk about that as well a little bit. Um, Justin, do you want to grab? You know, talking about the Reef, you want to grab Master Ives' card real quick?
3: Yes. Yeah, and uh, I don't trust him and don't like him. I I I, uh, I send all my engrams Rahul's way, even though he's burnt me a few times. Master Ives is just a little snarky for me. But um, <laughs> this is the Master Ives card. Is actually a public service announcement for arriving guardians in the reef. This is one we got right when a uh, house of wolves dropped. Please note. The Tower Cryptography operates under many false beliefs. By the Queen's Mercy, the Reef Cryptography will educate you on the true nature of encryption, if you so desire. In ancient times, Earthlings thought there were three states of matter. We we now know there to be four. Solid, liquid, gas, and engram. Of these, the engram is the purest state of matter. The role of the cryptarchy... Is to en- encrypt and safeguard civilization's informational stru- infrastructure, not to decrypt anything and everything for any low-down scavenger who happens upon an engram. <laughs> so they they take a much more secretive approach for it. Like it's just to basically simplify it. Rahul is Freedom of Information Act, and Master Ives he has a lot more of an NSA approach to. <laughs> Cryptarchy.
0: There, there is a definite philosophical difference
3: between the the
0: two. Um, and you also, know,
3: did you pick up that he just called us low lives? Yes. Because
0: oh, I, there's there's a lot of quotes that so so. You, we learn from a couple quotes from Ives that the Reef Cryptarchy is the true cryptarchy. It's the original cryptarchy. Um, he says that his real field of research is, of course, the history of the cryptarchy itself, but the Reef Cryptarchy is the true cryptarchy. And then he, he goes on and says that he he can assure you the Reef Cryptarchs are not the degenerate schismatics you're familiar with, which anyone who... Who knows well so so schism is a split or division between strongly opposed sections or parties caused by difference in opinion or belief um, one of the one of the biggest examples of this was in thirteen in in reality, and this is a real example, um, is what's called the Great Schism, which occurred in thirteen seventy eight to fourteen seventeen, and that was actually between the Roman Catholic Church. Um, there was a political upheaval at that point in time when there were three three popes vying for control of the Roman Catholic Church, and this was basically between Avignon and Rome and it led to this giant war and it was a political just it was a political storm there's a there's a word that i'm not going to say in front of that storm but it was a mess and they actually had to have i think three conventions to pull them all back and this was in this was following 300 years earlier in 1054 there was the the giant east west schism between the catholic church that led to the separation so now you know in today's world we have if you're if you're aware of the catholic faith you have a you have a church called the eastern orthodox catholic church and then you have the roman catholic catholic church those two were formed in 1054 over a philosophical debate over the the Validity of the right of communion, it was one argument that was over a nuanced word within the right, and now we have two giant separate churches so this is This is not something that they just kind of came up with. Schisms, especially political and philosophical schisms, can lead to giant civil wars and so you start kind of getting the sense that the reef cryptarchs are kind of that that you know upright very secretive like what you were saying they're very secretive about what they're doing they're very very focused on encrypting they're encrypting the ingrams and they're you know figuring out the history of humanity and the history of the earthlings and the golden age and they don't necessarily need to share that information because it's it's not necessarily information that anyone deserves you you might not understand it um what comes to mind is the conversation that we have in the Fabian strategy card, where Raul is trying to explain to Banshee, you know, Plutarch's talk about the the Fabian strategy, and Banshee's response is, okay, and he walks away. Whereas Raul, and, you know, we kind of get the sense of the Tower Cryptarchs, you know, Raul has a quote that says, too noisy, you can't hide in the quiet of the archives all your life. So Raul is much more philosophically on the camp of going out into the world and actually working with the world and the people in that world to figure out what's going on. And that's kind of seems where the the philosophical difference between the reef and the tower sit is the reef wants to be in the vacuum of their, their libraries and their labs. And Ives says some of this stuff. He says that, you know, he would prefer to stay in the lab. He doesn't want to be helping us degenerate schismatics, you know, and all these things whereas Raul is like in the thick of it he's sitting right down in the open in the tower he he's inviting people you know we heard that as he grows closer to us and he learns more and more about our personality he offers us more and more rare ingrams you know which for us in game is you know we kind of don't really pay attention to that because we're dealing with legendary and exotic ingrams but you have to understand that within the city that's a huge thing because Ingrams, again, Ingrams are pure. They're, they're the purest form of matter. These are things that they're entrusting the, the pinnacle of information containment to us. So, which actually, produces
3: no, go for it. Go for it. I was just going to, the Ingrams almost like the God particle here. I mean, yes. it's, it's literally you know just the building block you can make an engram into anything yes um and uh which which is i've, an, got, there's- a, I've got a pretty cool tangent about uh neuroscience but i think i'd say that for the end
0: yeah and i was i'm going i i have that noted because i remember our conversation about the neuroscience of Ingrams. um and it's important it is it's the more and more i read up on that the the more connections actually do exist within there there's also a really interesting connection to glimmer but before we get into that um willie do you want to grab the reframes because this is this is an interesting you know talking about the the secrecy requirement of the reef cryptarchy i think the grimoire card for the reframes kind of speaks to that a bit
1: Yep, and um, we do know one of the reef frames pretty well, Rusty. Um, we hear Ives talked to him a couple times, but <clears throat> they definitely treat the frames a lot different out there than we do at the tower. You know, at the tower you have Lake Shax has uh, Arkite, who is kind of like a frame <laughs> Shax, and they stay right here in the card. That you know, many of the reef's oldest frames were salvaged from cargo ships that washed up on the reef hundreds of years ago. In the city, they're equipped with basic learning capacity. Once again, they mimic behavior, personality quirks. But in the Reef, the only thing they're seen as is computers with robotic appendages. Nothing more, nothing less. So they they do a backup and encrypt all data stored on the frames, and they wipe the frame's processors on a regular basis. And them wiping it on a regular basis, Blue, is kind of like what you're talking about of they... Want to keep those secrets themselves, right? You know, they they make sure to be careful to back up and encrypt all the data that's stored, and they also make sure to wipe the processors,
0: right? Regularly. They they run a magnet over it very quickly. I I can just I just
1: imagine yeah, them but not before like, they put it on a USB.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the thing is you know because again the cryptarchs are all about information. That's what they deal in. That's what you know they're they're building. This information warehouse, basically, which you know, if anyone runs database comparisons, that's what that that's where that's all stored. Um, they're building these giant warehouses of information, these libraries of information, and you know, so it is a very important to collect it. But but the again pointing to the kind of the the philosophical difference between the reef and the tower, you know, the tower as much as we kind of point fingers and talk about how the the higher ups in the tower keep secrets they're nothing compared to the reef i mean think think about the queen think about the the higher ups in the reef the queen the you know her brother petra all these all these very major players they don't they don't share anything whereas the speaker the vanguard and all those they're very willing to talk to us as a newcoming guardian so,
1: with that I think um, another thing that we were getting ready that we wanted to touch on before we moved on to items and quest lines was uh, glimmer.
0: Right, and this right. is this is really interesting to me. Um, so glimmer, and the reason that it's interesting to me is right before. I we jumped on. I was reading a, a guy's theory about the connection between Glimmer and Ingram's and it was a really, really interesting theory, and I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to summarize it after I read the card, but it was a it was a it was a really well put together theory. So real quick, the Glimmer the Glimmer Grimmer card. It says the programmable matter called Glimmer serves as one of the city's basic currencies. With the right inputs and an energy source, Glimmer can be transmuted into nearly anything. This makes it precious to the city's industries and artisans. That value, in turn, makes Glimmer a useful means of exchange, especially with those who venture beyond the city's walls. Glimmer passes through an economic life cycle. New Glimmer comes from reclaimed golden age caches and technology, whether a tiny mechanism or an underground load seeded by ancient machines. This expansion of the Glimmer supply drives down the value of Glimmer. But Glimmer is also constantly used by the city's industry, which converts it into necessary components and materials. This sink helps keep Glimmer scarce, and therefore valuable. Between this inflow and outflow lies the pool of liquidity, Glimmer used as a trade currency, Master Raoul in the Tower, for example, sells recovered matter ingrams in exchange for glimmer. Since he knows he can use glimmer to acquire new ingrams and keep them flowing to the guardians, newborn guardians often complain that they should be issued high-quality gear for free. Are they not, after all, fighting for the future of the city? Unfortunately, this gear requires resources to manufacture. Guardians must bring in enough glimmer and other staples like spin metal and relic iron to keep the engine of the city's economy turning. If good times lead to a resource boom, that surplus may help mass produce advanced gear. So that, that all is basically, you know, we we've kind of talked about glimmer as this kind of, I'm going to go on a Pokemon thing and say the ditto, of everything, but the um, the connection here is the fact that it is a form of matter, just similar to a to an Ingram. And if you look kind of, if you look really closely at it, um, the the image of Glimmer is a what looks like a miniature gelatinous cube. Really, you know, it's an ice blue gelatinous cube. Whereas the Ingrams are there's 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 five types of Ingrams. Um, you know, we have let me let me make sure I'm getting these correct. We have the encoded, the encrypted, the decoherent, the legendary, and the exotic. And those are the ones that we know of. And if you look really closely, there's a very similar appearance to the material within those. Because we We actually have an answer of what an Ingram is from Raul. and he says, "What is an Ingram you ask? It's data freed from matter. So everyone in this the guy that I was talking about before, he actually made the point that he made a theory that one of the reasons when you when you just shed an Ingram, if you just if you just like decrypt an Ingram or not decrypt, but if you just like dismantle it, you get glimmer from that. And it's like his point was, well, what if what if Ingrams are actually information housed in Glimmer, like that—that that is what they are. And so when you when you get rid of them, all that's left is the Glimmer. So you you know you discard the information, you you discard that data, and all you have left is the Glimmer that then you can use to to spend on. It
1: makes sense, actually that actually would shed light on why we do get glimmer when we break down these things. Mm-hmm. Well, still have yet to figure out why we get legendary marks, breaking down the legendaries other than the game mechanic, of course.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean there's, you're, you're there's talking about legendary items, not right. legendary. Do you get legendary marks for, for dismantling a legendary ingram? No, I don't yeah, think so. Great. Yeah. I was about to say that's for the item. That's like tower credit for the, for the item.
0: Yeah, and I mean, there's and the, and I think you're you're on the point there too, Willie. About there's a point uh, there, there's a point at which it's just game mechanics. So in the in the
3: general, the, well, I so guess just the, so can no go for. It. I'm sorry, Blue. Can you clarify for me just so I, I'm on the same page? So you're saying if we're going with that theory, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which is a pretty good one. So the the engram is like the the string of connections or the code mm-hmm. and then the glimmer mm-hmm. would be the mm-hmm. smallest part of that like mm-hmm. this the yep. individual yep <laughs> that's it and and
0: so the individual that i'm speaking of it, it was a post on uh destiny the game subreddit and it was about a year ago so this is this is a pretty old post and it was it was written by <laughs> the individual is i think it's poly polymodern um and i will i will link this in the show notes as well but it's just an interesting theory because he basically, in you know, Justin, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn the table over to you after I get done with this because he points to the neural network, and so there's a, there's a Wikipedia article that he had found about this, and it it does a decent job. It says that they are also sometimes thought of as a neural network or a fragment of memory. Sometimes using a hologram analogy to describe its action in light of results showing that memory appears not to be localized in the brain. The existence of Ingrams is posited by some scientific theories to explain the persistence of memory and how memories are stored in the brain. The existence of neurologically defined Ingrams is not significantly disputed, though their exact mechanism and location has been a focus of persistent research for many decades. And that's the end of the quote. And Polly goes on to say, So, Basically from then his understanding is the way Ingram's work is that they're kind of a much more advanced cogno neurophysio blueprint of a weapon or equipment made from glimmer, which is the programmable matter. So and he, he actually carries this theory into explaining why when we kill a kill an enemy in game, they drop Ingram sometimes. It says he says that or she they say Whenever you are killing a creature, that being has the possibility that it has been imprinted by such a weapon in some way. So the Ingram is the imprint of a sort. When you harvest the imprint, the memory imprint blueprint is only vaguely recognizable. Hence the need for us to get that decrypted. So, and then they go on to say that the Kryptar currently has a monopoly on the skills to interpret, dissect, and assimilate this imprinting. Why? We don't know. But what we do know is there is a process in the past by which the Traveler imparted knowledge and understanding to the people who expanded civilization outward from Earth, which points again to the Reef being the house of the cryptarchy. And maybe it is possible that Ingrams are the very process by which the Traveler gives its technological insights to humanity awoken or exos. And so and and then they conclude by saying maybe there are other things that is waiting to reveal but we may first have to prove ourselves responsible enough to wield the skill of decryption before we have access to further ingrams which actually does kind of point to the game mechanics of us you know leveling up to get to those legendary and exotic ingrams is because if you think about it as us becoming more knowledgeable about how to decrypt or how to house those ingrams it does make sense that you know we would we would achieve a more profitable decryption process as our understanding grows in how to decrypt those so but justin i know i know you wanted to talk about the the neurological
3: idea yeah yeah um you you hit on a a whole bunch of it there um i a long time ago months ago I stumbled across a a neuroscience journal um, article just from searching the word engram. And just like blue said, an engram and it's, it's worth noting that a lot of this science is unproved because it's very hard to prove how the mind accesses memories and, and as technology, you know, improves, we, we're going to know more and more about this stuff, but right now, there's a lot of these concepts that are, they can't say are hundred percent true, but they can say that they're, they're not largely disputed. Um, So scientists are starting to understand better how memories work and they're, they're based memories are the way they're stored are in things called engrams, which are like neurological chains in your brain. And the way your brain works is actually kind of, Funny, because one memory will have several different engrams. You will have an engram, like say you have a memory about the time you went out for dinner for your anniversary. Um, so let's say you ate something that has specific taste that was distinct to you. Your brain will store an engram of that of that taste in the center of your brain that deals with taste, your sense of taste. Um then there was the the image or the side of that food. It'll store another engram and you're so you'll have multiple engrams for each memory. And that's why there are multiple ways to trigger any given memory is a smell can do it, a uh, a sound, uh, a visual can do it, you know. Um so it's it's kind of cool. Um but when we talk about engrams and Destiny, uh, I think it was Master Ives that said – well, no, we just said that uh, engrams are what, – what was it? Data freed from yeah,
0: – data freed from matter. That was from Rahul.
3: Yes. Yeah, that was Rahul. So an engram is literally one of these incarnate. Like we, we've got these – and basically the way your brain works is purely – Electrical connection. Um, These are, you know, bioelectrical signals that are being transmitted by your brain. Um, And the biggest question that comes to my mind when I deal with engrams every single time. And I think the, I think the answer is probably pretty simple, but who's programming these things. Mm -hmm. Is, is this the traveler? Is it some sort of God computer?
1: the Illuminati.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Confirmed. But just before we move on from all the neuroscience and it's worth noting that there are people who know way more than me about this stuff. I'm just literally like hobby reading here. But I just found a really cool, a really cool uh, article about about scientists trying to regain to regain uh, lost memories. Uh And for the longest time, they assumed That if you had memory loss, it was due to degradation of the memory. So whatever info was there was lost due to whatever degenerative disease you had or aging, Parkinson's, whatever, what have you. But now they're saying uh, it's not actually degradation of the engram. It's retrieval impairment. So and there's a really cool study going on. And I'll try to I'll try to get like a link in chat to this uh. To this article, but and this is kind of crazy. Just it's a it's a coincidence, but the way that they're that they're retrieving these memories is with light, <laughs> which is pretty. Yeah, you like that,
1: don't you? <laughs> no, but uh,
3: it's it's actually you know uh, they say they uh, actually shining lights light on on synapses in the brain to actually uh to actually simulate the process by which these memories are recalled so yeah it's it's pretty cool i'll I'll post a link to it but it's kind of my little rant
1: i actually had something pretty cool that i found out recently too i guess it can kind of be compared to cryptology because series wasn't that somewhere around where hygeia was
3: before uh, they yeah got, it was Ru- I planet mean, it got blown up <clears throat> yeah. yeah, it's, it's out reason. there in the it's out there in the reef. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: well and it, used to it be. is a real planet out there. It, it and used here's to be. a fun fact <laughs> right now. Well now it's consider, it's a dwarf planet um in real life. And recently scientists have been baffled because these giant craters are just disappearing off of this thing. And they have no idea who or what is fixing these craters. And there have also been little lights seen on there. Too. You could search it on Google. That's what I did. Was like, um, actually, I used Bing because I used Bing for Bing Rewards. Don't judge me. And uh,
0: judge, 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 judge.
1: <laughs> that, that was one of the things. Was you know, scientists baffled about Ceres craters disappearing. And I'm like, hey, I know Ceres. That's from Destiny. Let me <laughs> click on that and find out more. <laughs> so, yeah.
3: But, the if, photo with least. the lights on it is pretty crazy.
1: So I mean, oh yeah, the lights that been in—I I had didn't see the pyramid that people kept talking about.
0: Oh, I remember thought they that. saw a pyramid yeah. on there as well. Yeah, I remember that picture. I didn't see the
1: pyramid, but I did see the light pictures where they have like all these. I mean, they look tiny because it's from outer freaking space, but they would have to be fairly large lights coming from the planet for them to be that visible. That—that's what Justin was talking about. So. There's some pretty crazy stuff going on in real-life series right now. And um, on another note, I wanted to point out that Cryptarchy has come a long way from when our Guardian has risen to now. Because back in Vanilla Destiny, my vanilla players can remember, you could go to Rahul with a legendary engram. <laughs> and he would throw you a green, a blue. It would be so frustrating that you would come out with a rare and uncommon.
0: Well, you know, you it's, it's through hard to find it's through the struggles of the vanilla players that we were able to teach Raúl how to more efficiently decrypt things. So,
1: or maybe he I'm just likes us better now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've been. He, how many legendaries did he rip us off before he finally started doing the? Nowadays, you can even give him a blue and he'll turn it into a legendary for you. Like, boom, yeah. mic drop. You take that now. That's what I do now. You know? <laughs> it's like, you didn't used to do that. He's just kind of giving back now. But whether it be game mechanic to make players happy, it also kind of fits in the story with Cryptarchy coming, coming mm-hmm. a little ways.
0: And Forrest, did you have something? Oh,
2: well, I was, I was just thinking about... Um, you know, we were talking about a while, a while ago, the um, Rahul and Ives and how they both are from the reef, but they have yep. such different um,
0: approaches, sort of outlooks. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, and it kind of made me wonder, th- um, Rahul is much more talkative um, in, like, wanting to share information and stuff. And I kind of wonder if he's lonely.
0: I I would almost I, – I would agree with that. I, I really would because he also makes it – I mean, I kind of glossed over that comment that he made. But he makes a point that you can't hide in the quiet of the archives all your life because it he goes too noisy. <laughs> and then he says you can't hide in the quiet of the archives all your life. And I think that's, that's actually kind of – it almost seems like it's a um, – I think it's almost directed at Ives because Ives has, you know, Ives has a quote basic. Oh, hang on. Let me try to find it where he, he, oh, I don't have it written down. Let me, I'll have to look for it, but it basically is, I don't want to, I didn't want to leave my labs, but uh, the high cryptarchs forced me to. And like, he's like, I can't wait he to get back to my where
1: own. he says something. Yeah. It's um something along the lines of do. Can I leave yet? You
0: know, yeah. he's asking
1: if he can leave yet.
0: Well, so he and, can go back to the labs. And and the uh. and Ives Ives complaints actually point out a bit of the hierarchy within the Cryptarch. Um we we kind of learn from him that they do have a hierarchy. Uh there's the high cryptarchs, and then there there kind of seems to be like high cryptarchs and then the master, which is, you know, basically him. In Raoul, even though he doesn't believe it, it almost well, seems like Raoul is no longer in this
1: there was a school. Third I master, maybe as well. Um, I don't
0: think. That, what was that? Uh, the, the, the I that, think
2: there's
1: uh, a
3: level. I think there's a level above master, though.
0: Yes. Well, I mean, so yes, there's the That's high cryptarchs. Said. The high cryptarchs are above the masters, and then there's actually so where little,
3: do you put a where do you put a primarch?
0: No, that's what I mean, I think the Primarchs are the high. I kinda get the okay. feel I kinda get the feeling that they're they might be the same, but they might not, because Primark is actually a a uh, um it's it's a capital P Primark. Whereas mm-hmm. high was not capitalized. It was just like a high cryptarch. And so I kinda got um the sense that the Primark was was a high cryptarch because the master cryptarchs um, he, he says that he is, <coughs> he is master, excuse me, master Ives of the cryptarchy master of the palace division. So we also know, we also know that they have divisions. uh We know of two of the divisions, there's the palace division and then the hygea the hygea division, which sadly no longer exists. Because Hygia also was the um, largest library of the cryptarchies, um, but what was, it? It was, it was, it was like below the master, we kind of ha- we kind of have this weird sense that there is a a position that's called lector. Which kind of makes sense. I, I, and, but my thing is, is I don't know if Lecter is actually within the cryptarchy necessarily. But we do know that below Master and Lector there are positions called novices, which makes perfect sense. Um, and the reason we know this is that there is a quote from Ives in which he sends for a Lecter Shilus from the Scriptorian um, to basically do something like he doesn't, it doesn't really say what he's having him do, but he's like, send for, um, just, I think i oh, yeah. I think elector
3: is a, uh, a linguist.
0: Right. Right. But this is also the quote that we get him talking to Rusty. It says, Rusty, get to the archive mm-hmm. hall, <laughs> fetch Lector Shilas for me. And it's um, very,
3: he's very rude with Rusty. Rusk is very much in the game. Confirmed.
0: Um, I was gonna. There was a. There was actually
1: a. Trying to so find this.
3: I, I actually have a. Uh, I'm looking for the
1: other cryptarch that um, Tolan mentions. I can't remember her name right now, but there's the third cryptarch, and I can't remember if she's a master or not.
0: Oh, do you remember yeah. what card
1: that was? Yeah.
0: I I will listen. Um, yes, I do. I know, but really so, quick, there is another. There is another droid that he talks to. This one's name is Creaky. So there's Rusty and Creaky.
3: Well, are we not sure that Creaky is just?
0: I don't. Like, I get the like feeling a, that Creaky. Put is, down. No, I think Creaky is a different. I don't know. It could be with him, but I I like to think of there being two sweeper like he, bots he's got rusty frames. and creaky yeah
3: creaky and rusty it'd be real nice if they'd have him say like creaky go help rusty right but, i don't well, know. Never- you know Bungie, <laughs> Bungie, please clarify this for us yes please forget about the nine and the ahamkara i want to know if <laughs> i want creaky confirmed it was a I'm, it was a donna
0: a donna is who you're talking or is who you're thinking of. um
1: and as solar master,
0: Adana. I am looking. It, I am looking right. I now. believe that was Rahul's predecessor, and I, I don't know where I got that. Yeah, it might be.
3: Mm. But but we talked right. about Rahul being. Power
1: that no, go
3: ahead, Justin. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. You're you're completely uh, correct. I think Rahul speaks about her. Says she was. Unmatched, or something like that. Yeah, in her. And he does,
0: Toland, Toland does not. Oh, was that Toland? Okay. No, Toland he does has, not. Nope, go for
2: it. Her. I have it here. Yeah, it's on about, Ghost Fragment Hive High 4. four. Yeah.
0: yeah. If
2: only Cryptarch Adana were still with us, no one has yet to match her adept.
3: Okay, cool. Nice. So he does <laughs> doesn't that, call her Master. That?
0: Yeah, that was Toland. Um, he doesn't call her Master. He calls her Cryptarch
3: Adona, but. Yeah, Um. so we were talking about Rahul being lonely and bored, and Rahul never makes mention of any other members of the Tower cryptarch- Cryptarchy. Like, I never see a single quote of Rahul saying, send me, you know, Send be novices, or well, send this to the high tower cryptarchy. Like it seems like he's a lot, a lot more on his own. Mm-hmm. Which, and if you if you it think, think about like it this, Ives is a, has a whole right. collective of the, of maybe, other cryptarchs.
2: Maybe that's why he spent all of Vanilla Destiny decrypting legendaries into repairs. Yeah. He's, well,
3: he he's overworked. He was overworked. Yeah. he
2: didn't have any backup.
3: Get the man. And give, give him a break. At least he's not snippy about
1: it. (laughs) We all know that from a a video from our favorite Sultry Tiger Bife that eventually Rusty does get freed from the reef, from that evil ives, and Mm -hmm. he does end up back at the tower so he can do the sweeping, which, I mean, that could have been what helped, honestly. Could have been, okay, Rahul's like, I don't have to stay in here and sweep this forever. I can actually encrypt some good engrams now. So... Um, yeah, and Raul plus
0: doesn't even have a frame to sweep in front of the shop. No, he just has a, <laughs> a very suspicious puddle of liquid. But we also know that Raúl proves to us that coffee still exists. So, I like him. <laughs> God,
1: <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Um, Blue up. I guess I missed that part.
0: Yeah, no, there is there's a quote. Oh gosh, there's a quote where he's like, "Oh, we're not gonna have enough time." Curse it! I'm going to drink coffee or something. Hang on. Let me, let me, let me see if I can. Is it Rahul? Yeah, it's, it's Rahul. It's hilarious. I was like, yes, we're all good. We're good. I don't care what happens. As long as we have coffee, we can, we can take on anything.
2: Coffee has survived the collapse.
3: Yep. I love it. But did you see, did you see the, the Rahul quote? Where he says, "Photographs from an ancient yeah. handheld communications yeah. device of the day of the traveler arrived. What a find! So there are there are traveler selfies because you know there were people, <laughs> there were people with the selfie stick, just <laughs> trying to get the big white ball in the background." <laughs> it's you know uh, that's on there. The, you know uh, that's on
0: the the quote is "Can't stop now, more coffee." Nice.
2: That sums up many people that oh, I know. Yeah.
0: Pins, pins, <laughs> yeah, and pins and chats. Coffee helps me, person, dude. You, you yeah, and I um, both. <laughs> I was like, I read that, and I basically just was like, I'm done. I'm done researching. We we have this. We have this handled. It doesn't matter what you do. We have coffee. So
3: after the show, I'm making a meme. <laughs> Going
0: to make that into a meme. Uh, so um but to go to go back real quick, we kind of talked about the areas of the cryptarchy in the reef. Um and I think this I think this is telling too because what you guys were saying about you know the difference in the tower and the reef is the tower doesn't seem to have like a lot of support for for Raul. And I think if you if you remember though, keep in mind the tower seems to be kind of a newer schismatic branch from the reef it it seems like the schism that divided these two people is or not two people but these two schools of thought you know it it happened fairly recently um and the the thing let me see if i can find where my notes went on this so the yeah here we go so the tower you're correct we don't have we don't have any knowledge on areas or the hierarchy of anything like that we know that we have a master and then we had probably his predecessor who wasn't a master as far as we know um but with the reef you know we have we have an idea we have the Hygieia division which housed library archives labs and sadly these these li- this library was destroyed which I have a historical parallel that we'll talk about in a minute but then we also have the palace division um, Ives is a master of the palace division so he kind of is the he, he it's almost like he's like the the baron in charge of this area and then we have the scriptorian and the scriptorian kind of seems like it's it's a separate separate place um, and so does the palace division, because Ives makes a comment about the reef being a a, a rundown waste of his time. So, but real quick, can I, can I touch on the library?
1: Go for it, because I had another library, because I don't think you're talking about the library of Alexandria, but. Yes, I that's am. That's the one I think. Yeah, that's oh, is it that's cool. my. Yep. Well, you probably have a lot more information in front of you about it, so <laughs> go for
0: it. So, so we know. Okay, so we take we take some flavor text from a couple different pieces. We have a a weapon, a primary weapon, and it's called the Hygea Nobles, and it says the Reef Cryptarchy's Hygea Division is its largest, with over half the asteroid devoted to their sprawling libraries. So this is a this is a planetoid or a, a asteroid or however you want. I can't remember off the top of my head at what Hygieia is, but half of this, half of the celestial body is a library. It is an enormous warehouse of knowledge. Can, and, can
2: I just go there and yes. I'll just play that. I, I know. Of right. I'm
0: like, can I, I would, I would be pissed if someone burned that down too. Um, and we know from the Maraid, which is a hunter artifact. So this is the Maraid is remember, remember, when the reef wars, this is the chronicle of queen marosava the awoken compil- compiled by the primarchs of the reef cryptarchy. So Justin, that's the nod to the primarchs there. But then we have a, we have a bounty and it's called gone to ground. And there's a quote from the Maraid here that says, after the battle of Iris, the United Wolf struck at Hygieia and sacked its libraries, the reforce had begun. So we don't know entirely how much was lost assume that there was a lot lost here, but there they're in, you know, Willie just kind of said this. There's a there's kind of a nod to the burning of the royal library of at Alexandria in Egypt. Now, there's a very important note here. Historically It is incorrect to say that there was a single burning of the Royal Library, and I'm doing air quotes around burning, um, because there wasn't. There were instead several of them over many different years. Now, arguably, the, the... the great fire that everyone kind of thinks of when they talk about the library of Alexandria was actually when Julius Caesar was besieged at Alexandria in 48 BC during Caesar's civil war, which was a huge political mess. Um, Caesar actually set fire to his own ships in the Harbor to help defend and to also prevent people from using them against him, which then, you know, in ancient cities, they built buildings, often to and over the water of harbors, which was great until there was a fire and then cities caught on fire really bad. And they didn't have the really cool things called firefighters. They didn't have those. Um, and so it spread through the city. And according to Plutarch, this was actually one of the biggest fires in Alexandria and actually destroyed a good number of the library. Now there is a lot of dispute on whether or not the library was destroyed with this fire or not, but I'm not going to go into that. But I think that, I, that is the image when they talk about the sacking of Hygieia's library. That's the image that comes immediately to my mind is this is a parallel to the library of Alexandria
3: getting burned. So, uh, so that I've actually got a question. Um no, Yes, no, it's about the Maraid. Oh, that's how you pronounce that. Um, so the the reef
1: <laughs> <How laughs> people
3: I forgot about it. It's the Maraid. Um oh. it sounds infinitely cooler. <laughs> you sound continental when you say it. Just feel free. Just take that. Take that and chew on it like some some bubble gum. Um <laughs> But, (laughs) okay, does anyone else find it interesting that the Reef cryptography or cryptarchy is the most advanced cryptarchy, and they have primarchs and high cryptographers, and and they're dealing in in matter in its purest form, and yet the Chronicle of Queen Marisov of the Awoken is compiled in a cruddy-looking book. A leather-bound book. (laughs) Why is this not in Ingram? Have form? you ever have you ever
0: have you ever sat down and re- to read a book and have an actual book in front of hey, you and then have I don't own a Kindle so was say, You required. see where I was going with this. I was like and then compare that to reading it man. on a Kindle. I'm like, "Come on, dude. A
3: real book I'm a is a paperback, man, but it seems to just break. It seems to break <laughs> with everything we know about the the cryptarchy." And then that kind of brings me to another point. Well, how how can you burn the library if it's grams, because grams, if you shot a rocket at an gram, okay. does it move okay first of all here we go
2: um
1: Mm-mm. i'm in the,
2: trouble uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> um maybe marasov likes to keep her diary old school um, <laughs> you don't know don't judge her she, has she likes little, to handwrite things
3: she has the little lock on the side, yeah.
2: <laughs> she keeps the key on, and on and, her necklace. And does
3: her does her brother get his crows to sneak in there and, and steal it so he can read it?
2: <laughs> um, also, it says that the
0: uh, that image that, is not going um,
2: away. That the Hygieia Library was sacked. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, sacked doesn't necessarily mean destroyed. destroyed. Yep. I mean. It could. They probably some things did get destroyed, but we know that the fallen like to go and try to take information because they yes. did that at the Ishtar Collective on Venus.
0: And they did it. So with the Vault they of were glass.
2: probably right. So they were probably going there to try to get information. Uh,
0: well, and if it if it's information, like well, there's that. But it's also if it's information about the Golden Age. You can you can just feel the the fallens whatever their definition of it, ears like perk up. They're like wah, wah. like you know the I mean especially yeah. Skolas Skolas is was trying to return to the golden age for his people. He did it very poorly, but that was his entire point. Was you know why? Why I'm sorry. The chat is just.
1: talking about the you just grabbed a mushroom in Mario like it was interesting he's like
0: they're talking about the the journal the diary of Marisov
2: Marisov's diary (laughs) I think it was a Lisa Frank diary you guys are talking about
0: (laughs) was it a a,
3: was it what was it the trapper keepers is that what those things are yeah, nothing. Nothing says "I was born in the darkness." The starlight was my mother, and, and then, a, like then a hot Lisa pink cat with sunglasses on. Lisa Frank. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. I broke it. it. I broke it. Let's move on. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> there's um yeah no i i would agree with the the distinction on the term sacking as opposed to um burning burning library of alexandria was burned now there's an interesting fact on the library of alexandria and why it burned so fast was because the librarians in alexandria refused to do anything else uh, they refused to do anything that was not on papyrus um they actually destroyed the papyrus trade in the ancient world because of it, because they used so much papyrus just recording all their notes that they didn't have any excess to send. So Alexandria was actually the hub, the trading hub, an artificial trading hub that they created between the eastern and the western and the Mediterranean areas. And so all the trade stuff would flow into Alexandria before being distributed back out into the world, including papyrus. And papyrus was a very, very good substance to write books on at the time. This was actually this is arguably the catalyst which caused us to create parchment. Because what happens is they sent all the papyrus to Alexandria, and then the Library of Alexandria, which was the royal library, which was therefore able to issue decrees that they could just take things and not necessarily give anything back, took all the papyrus, didn't send it to the other places, which required those other places to have to invent a new substance to write on, which led to the creation of, of parchment. And so you have a giant building filled with papyrus. Um, so there is, there's that other really interesting historical fact for you. Anything else?
1: Yeah. I wanted to go back to Hygieia real quick. Um, how we were mentioning it was sacked. You actually get Pete, the pieces that you can read of the Maraid, mm-hmm. or however the hell Justin said it to make it sound pain. I can't do that.
3: Um, Mar-a-ed. It's Maraid. How is that hard? <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm not having any go there. The point is, you actually get the pages that you read of that book from the Fallen from the House of Wolves. So, you know, whether that just be a game mechanic to get that Grimoire card or – well, I guess they weren't even really Grimoire cards. Yeah, they were because you got them from defeating, like, the uh, the weekly bounties. Mm-hmm, yeah. Point is, and it just kind of shows that they stole stuff because you kind of get a little bit of a back um, throughout the quest. And we could get more. Who knows? Maybe they shared some of it with the devils, mm-hmm. who I think are supposed to be our SIVA friends.
0: Yeah. Oh, God. But um, there were there were actually two other really fun connections that we get from Ives. Um, so remember when we started this whole conversation that we were talking about cryptology as a linguistic study, right? So we actually have um, – a really kind of interesting nod to two individuals who are very, very big uh, linguists and philologists. And they are kind of just kind of not very noticeable. They're not in any really text. They're just actually dialogue that Ives has. If you stand by him, he he refers to a Champollion logarithm. I think that it's a French word, so forgive me, but it's, um, so I, I was like, I was looking at it. And I was like, that seems like it's something that could be potentially very interesting. So I started looking into this and it's, it seems to me that this is actually a nod to, uh, I'm going to butcher this person's name. It's John Francois, John Francis, Champo, Champ, Champollion I don't know. I'm not French. I'm not even going to pretend to be, uh,
2: Jean Champollion.
0: there we go. See, this is why, this is, yeah, this is why we have people who are better than us. Um, but good so, job. Yeah. <laughs> so this this was a French scholar who who specialized in philology and orientology, which um, phil which phil, those are really weird names. Philology is the study of language in written historical sources. Um, it's a combination of literary criticism literary history and linguistics, but it's also commonly defined as the study of literary text and written records for the establishment of their authenticity and their original form and the determination of their meaning. Basically, philology is cryptology. Um, what was Forrest? Can you...
2: Champollion.
0: Thank you. Um, oh. was yeah hey I I'm not even going to try. I'm I'm not. Um he was known primarily as the decipherer of Egyptian hieroglyphics and was one of the founding fa- or founding fathers, founding figures in the field of Egyptology. There's a connection to Osiris that I'm not going to chase down. But Badges. um move on. Yeah, I'm just going to move on. But there's there was a really fun there was a really fun development that actually happened in 2010. Um, so he had an a logarithm that basically <clears throat> there there are two ways to decrypt unknown languages that this this guy with a, with a number of other people have kind of developed. And there is a it's it's a length based or a lexicon based logarithm. So there's there's these two different logarithms that run and his was kind of a lexicon based. So there was these these three individuals, um, I'm trying to remember Ping Li, Mesong Sung, and Ping Zhu. Um and I, I'm going to link this this research paper in the show notes because it was actually a really interesting read. Um, but they actually created a new version of his logarithm and they, they basically combined length and lexicon based logarithms into one that was roughly five to, I think they said five to 10 times more efficient as far as speed and accuracy. It was more robust and it was optimized in the, um, the speed at which it could decipher the text. And the way they did this was they split the text into smaller chunks of data to increase the speed and the accuracy of the translation. Um, I, I, okay. So I'm a, I'm a puzzle person. I love puzzles. I love like Sudoku and stuff like logic puzzles and stuff like this. So this, this was, this was like really fun for me to read. Um, so I will be linking that. And then the other nod <laughs> was to a Michael Ventris. Now, this was a little bit less um I think it was the Ventris it wasn't a logarithm I can't remember what exactly the quote was but it was it was basically another one that was like uh compared to the Ventris simulation or something like that but Michael Ventris was an English linguist and architect which is a very interesting combination of skills there um, who, along with two individuals, John Chadwick and Alice Kober deciphered Linear B. This was a, which, you know, someone who, the Linear B was a unknown ancient script that was discovered at Gnosis by author Arthur Evans. And he basically, Ventris, Chadwick, and Kober basically used deciphering of language to disprove a very long held belief that the Minoan society was related to the Croat, Croto, Croatoan. No. I'm trying to remember which society, but it was, it was a, it was a, the, the history of Greek civilization was changed, like the, our understanding of the history of the Greek civilization was changed because of this guy's work. Um, and the fun part here is that both of these people, again, remember, cryptology is actually linguistic problem solving. These are both renowned linguists and you know philologists. So I think that's pretty much my historical like squee moments of finding out research for this.
3: No. No, that's actually really I I'm still baffled at how those people, um you know, the linguists and the the crypto archaeologists and all those how they how they decipher all these things because I know finding the Rosetta Stone was a big deal, but I don't get it like you don't know what it says, so how do you know what it says? <laughs>
0: um You okay, so for Ventress the way the way they did it was um I'm gonna go off the top of my head, so I might be incorrect here. The uh Cobra recognized that so they they had um hieroglyphs that they they had built into the or that they had these etched into these walls and these tablets and stuff. Um and it was Linear B. Linear B was this just like un I mean, it was a enormous frustration for I think decades and decades of researchers. They just could not figure this out. And Cober Cobra <coughs> noticed that um there was a regular there was a regular structure to the ending of like it wasn't every other word, but it was it was something about the way that the sentence structure was established was very similar to other sentence structures within the same carvings. And then she recognized that and then Chadwick or Ventress, one of them kind of took that and expanded on it. And then Ventris was the one that was like, oh, well, what if we applied Greek to this, which was not even like people had thought to do that, but they didn't have the P pe- like basically the pieces that they had when they started applying the Greek to the language that they were trying to decipher they didn't have before then so uh, it it made it very clear but they they were using they were at a different point of research than the people before them um and so what you do is you basically for decrypting languages you you apply what you what you're aware of and you know modern languages and then you kind of work you reverse engineer basically and that's how you get to it it's it's a, it's it is beyond complicated and i and i'm i'm right there with you i kind of understand the the process that gets them to it but yeah i i'm not a linguist so i'm like i have no i i'm if it was a sudoku problem i could probably figure it out
3: well i just never understand how you reconcile languages that don't have equivalent sounds characters meanings yeah like,
0: well, and I think that was the that was the trick with Linear B was that was the problem was that it didn't. But then they used Greek to backstep in, like they basically found a backdoor and then used Greek Greek linguistic structure to reverse engineer Linear B into an a. An, a a situation where they could translate it into Greek or ancient Greek. And then they, we know ancient Greek. So then once they got it there, it was done, which makes it sound super simple. And it wasn't go look it up. (laughs) I I mean, I'm not, I'm not joking. I, I probably just butchered that entire process terribly, but it, it's the best I can do. I'm not a linguist and I don't like I just I'm I'm right there with you I don't I don't do languages really well as as so, I can as um, you as you probably could tell by my my deference to forest on <laughs> a French name I mean that's a freaking language that's modern and that we know and I can't I can't do that so
3: yeah but you're from Texas so <laughs> no, no one's very expecting you
0: yeah I know that's no one's expecting
3: true. you to, to I say it I say, say it the French way word. I
0: say it and that's the
3: way it's going to be said I'm just impressed you can say algorithm, a logarithm. <laughs> oh my god! So, did we want to talk about the types of engrams? Yeah, let's let's touch on that real quick because I mean it's going to be. Um, I think that's a pretty quick. So basically, um, in game, and this hasn't changed it. This hasn't changed it. <laughs> linguistics, wow. linguistics. Oh, much, Justin. Wow. Um, so, it hasn't changed it to very much it's from the vanilla um, No. So, basically, from vanilla Destiny to now, the engram system is one of the few economies in the game that has remained the same. So, we basically have five known types of engrams in Destiny. Um, the encoded, which is common... And it's worth noting that encoded gear um, decrypts automatically. It's the lowest level of encryption I can imagine. So when you pick it up, bam, you got white boots and you immediately want (laughs) to to throw them away.
0: Bam. You got Um, a husk of the pit and you accidentally throw it away.
3: No, not accidentally. That was on purpose. I did that that three times. I said, (laughs) quit giving me this spiky looking gun.
1: It's awful. (laughs) No, what sucks is like when I realized what it was. By that time, the glitch had happened to where it would not drop for anything.
3: Oh, so I uh, just yeah.
1: had to. I had to wait until they fixed that, and then I finally. Oh, even when
3: it. I, even when I got necrochasm, I was like, I'm glad I deleted all those. <laughs> over pit. This is bad. This is not good. Um, no. So after encoded, we have encrypted. This is our uncommon gear, which is green. And correct me if I'm wrong, but in vanilla, did you decrypt? I think you decrypted greens, didn't you? Mm-hmm. No. No. Okay, so greens have always, always self decrypted, um, except when you're like lo- really, really, really low no, level. No, 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 no. I, I thought you
0: had to take them in. Yeah,
2: you have. Okay,
3: to that's that's the- what I was
0: saying, Blue. That's oh. what I was saying. Have, I'm just when
2: you're low level, you have to take them to.
0: And uh, okay. then there, I'm there just comes used a threshold saying, in
3: light level where yeah, you're I'm just so powerful to, that- I'm
0: just used to saying no to you. So
3: Oh, okay, cool. So um then this is we'll call this the blue, the blue engram, because it's decoherent. Makes no damn sense. Um so um <laughs> I, I see what you did there. I applaud yeah. your efforts. No, so the blue engram is probably, like, literally, I would love to see the numbers on this, but I doubt there's an analytic to to back this up. I bet you any amount of money, 80% of all engrams you've received have been blue.
0: Um,
3: yeah. I would, I I, I would probably 80, think... I'd say 60,
1: 67,
3: 68.
0: Yeah, I... Um, Not me. <laughs> I would go with, like, 80 yeah. or 90.
3: Uh,
0: oh, 90, 80, oh yeah I get blues
3: if i and just, actually yeah. um so actually it's worth noting that decoherent is actually a physics uh term um it's it's indicating a an item that exhibits decoherence and decoherence is a loss of coherence <laughs> i'm so- that's it. No, I'm just kidding. Or ordering <laughs> of the phase angles between the components of a system in a quantum superposition. One consequence of this dephasing is classical or probabilistically additive behavior. So if that helped anybody with anything, you're a genius. Um, but pretty much, pretty much decoherence is the breaking down of the order of things at a physics level. Of things. And then we have the legendary engram, the purple. And when we were playing this game very early, I remember getting excited about purples. It's hard to imagine me doing it now, but. um, And lastly, the exotic engram, which is gold. And there's the famous quote from Master Rahul What is engram? What is an engram, you ask? Data freed from matter.
2: What about sublime engrams?
3: I've never Oh, I did get one of those. That was when the Vex dropped for me. Everything else has been and that went an engram, but that would be the only thing that would drop from a sublime engram. I thought those were legendary. What? Sublime. Sublime. That's she made that up, right? That was a joke? No.
2: No, they're they're a real things.
3: <clears throat>
0: Oh,
1: wait.
0: Right. What color is that? <laughs> <laughs> they're purple. The sublime. The sublime. Purple
1: ones. Oh god. No way! Wait, wait! 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 The, the best up. damn color there is. Sublime. Those are legendaries. <laughs> the,
0: yeah. So it's of legend. Yeah. Legendaries,
2: purple engrams that can only, um, that that drop old stuff. So you can get things that
1: are not here too. <clears throat> <clears throat> Yeah, oh, if you want, so if
2: you want a, if you want a legendary weapon that does did not get pulled into year two, you can get them
3: from a sublime engram. When did that get put in?
0: Leg- uh,
3: uh, year two.
2: In in year two, when in when you can get things from year one.
3: <laughs> yeah. No, no. What I'm saying is, did that was that a ttk change? Because I don't remember ever seeing that. I know of a legacy well, engram.
1: TTK started year two. mm Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. No, I'm I'm aware of that, Willie, but I'm just wondering. <laughs> I'm asking. <laughs> I want answers. <laughs> I, I much like Rahul, answers. seek answers.
1: <laughs> Wait, you're so making me feel like over here right now. Oh my god.
3: Where where do I go to get a sublime engram? One my I'm this is a whole new world. I'm you go to Rahul okay, I'm like a little is, mermaid.
2: Here's a subreddit, Andrew. A subreddit article called The Difference Between Sublime Engrams and Legendary Engrams. And nobody seems to know.
0: No, I thought the
2: Um hold on, <laughs> I'm scrolling through all the comments. <laughs> <laughs> Wait,
3: did they... Wait. Are did these drop randomly? Like okay. are they do you buy them from a vendor? Like where? Tell me.
2: Um players on PlayStation platforms will encounter a new type of engram,
3: the sublime oh, that's engram. Why. That's oh, why. we don't care. Yeah, that's why I'm talking. that's why I'm confused. That's, that's okay. I'm good. I'm good now. I'm good.
0: <laughs> okay. As soon as as soon as she said that, I was like, Oh, that's why he doesn't
3: care. <laughs> yeah, and Schisler, if you had a PS four you'd get them. I don't need that. <laughs> I'm looking forward, baby. I don't need them old ones. Okay. I've you you wanna know how many legacy engrams I've bought? You wanna know? Six. Because I thought that they were exotic. <laughs> I
0: know. That's my answer is zero. I was like, okay,
3: well No, I went I went blah 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 blah. Let's see what we got. 170, 170. <laughs> 170 Okay, I'm not buying any more of these. These are bad. Yeah. So okay. So I did not know that. That that is. (laughs) Wow. That. Why would that be PlayStation only? That is baffling. Thank (laughs) you. That is is literally baffling. I have no idea. That's like. Do you guys have another type of glimmer too?
2: <laughs>
1: Not that I'm wearing. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, stop. <laughs> we know that I have never okay, gear. So, oh, man. My so, face hurts right now.
3: Okay, so um, I think we covered that. Um, do we want to cover. Uh, oh, there was, was that. something that we did talk
0: about in chat. Um, The communication Do between it. the communication between Ives and Raul. I remember I remember this because oh, yeah. I disagree with up, this.
1: Actually.
0: I remember this because I disagree with it. Um, There was a conversation about how there is a potential for them to have a shared consciousness because there seems to be a sense of a chat going on. Simultaneously between the two of them, if you look at the dialogue, I argue that it's just them writing, teasing taunts to each
3: other. Um, well, they're privy to data freed from matter. So if you're freed from matter, you're freed from the constraints of right. Well, but I mean, they still they still write like he still writes
0: messages to Raúl, and. And there is a competition going on between them, uh which is hilarious because the the smack talk that Ives has towards Raul is pretty funny. Uh one of my favorite ones is ha, look at this, Raul. Your brains have turned to mush since you've left the reef. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Ives um, again,
3: I don't like Ives.
0: There I don't is. not like him. There is a, there was a conversation as well near the end of the chat about the potential connection between the Cryptarchs and the Tetunes, um, which I really would be interested in chasing that down a bit more, um, just simply because I want to know what the hell the Tetunes are other than tech, which is because we already know that, but, um, And that's simply because they both deal with very tech-heavy aspects of information exchange and research, and they're both housed in the reef. Um, But there wasn't a lot of—I don't remember a lot of conversation on that, other than the the nod to a potential connection from for those two types of individuals. They're not—they don't seem. They don't seem to be in communication with each other very much, other than you know just the the surface. Yeah, we're doing research here, and these are our notes. Um, but I think I think that's I think that's. Well, oh, I want to point out real
1: quick. Um, we can confirm that he does write letters. Well, he it doesn't look like he does himself. Right, I just he has dictates. Quote where he says, yeah. Compose a letter, dear Master Rahul. <laughs> No, 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 no! Honored master <laughs> Rahul, like uh, when you look at all of Ives snarky little things, like he he actually tells us at one point he's like, just just go kill something.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, <laughs> he
3: he actually makes mention that uh, it must be terribly hard to think on Earth. <laughs> the gravity makes gra- our mind slow. <laughs> and I don't like him, man. I don't like him. I think he needs to be taken down a peg or two. Um, bothers me. Um, he, I, I remember the first time I decoded an Ingram at, at Ives, and he said, "You guardians take our finest things." I'm like, quit giving them to me then." <laughs> shut up! I've got a, I've got a icon over you, and I want to get rid of it. Get on my face. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't like Ives. Rahul. You know, is much more grassroots. I can really get behind what he's doing, but Ives is just a snooty, you know, snooty mini Zavala. I don't like him.
1: At your service, (laughs) I suppose. Look at
3: him. Look at his picture.
0: (laughs) Oh man! All right. Well, let's let's go into let's go into shoutouts and Forrest as guest. You get the. You have to lead the charge.
2: All right. Um, well, I will shout out to Baxter, um, founder of the Ishtar Collective. Um, we are doing lots of fun things over there. So um, check us out, ishtar-collective.net. And um, I'll shout out to my clan, Turbo Electric because they're awesome.
0: Yes. They are, and I don't even know them. I just know they're They're
3: awesome in naming stuff. Yeah, for sure. That's next level. Uh, That's like, even if you get killed and it's really awful in The Crucible, (laughs) you will giggle. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
0: So... Um, I just want to give a big shout out to our Discord chat. You guys have been amazing and it has been growing a really quick pace. Um, hope to keep it keep that pace going. But um even bigger shout out actually is to Unisys. He has kind of taken it on himself to basically be the bot Wrangler of the Discord chat. So anytime those bots are working very well or aren't cooperating. Um, Unisys is the one that is like getting in, in the you know, opening them up, fixing the code scripts and all that. Um, and he's got a couple that he's got a couple things that he's working on for us that are going to make it even better. Um, yeah, it's, I'm really grateful for everything that Unisys has done and just in general, the Discord chat. It's been a really just been a blast. Having that chat up and running like it has, and Discord VoIP is <laughs> amazing. It actually works. Thankfully, we can so hear clear. we can hear everybody, including Yay. someone typing, Justin.
1: And no, and no one got cut off either. Like it has all really click, smoothly. By the way,
0: <laughs> not
3: typing. Um, okay, so is it my turn? Yes, the
0: speaking stick has been
3: passed to you. Oh, Piggy has the conch. Um, I know I didn't write this one down, but uh, again, big, big shout out to Unisys. He likes big bots and he cannot lie. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, big shout out to Pin Halo for fixing my computer. Um, thank you. Um, for freeing me from the oppressive grip of Cortana. Um, big shout out to master Rahul. Um, I know he's got a bad rap and a lot of people who played at a very early juncture don't like him, but I like smurf Robin Williams. He's that's my boy. So, um, keep do you do you Rahul, you do you, um, big shout out to Ishtar collective Forrest Baxter, and the whole team there. Uh, and i just wanted to make a comment that y'all started doing something and i don't know when you started doing it but i absolutely love it it was like one day i was like what this is here it was uh the it was the transcripts of in-game of in-game dialogue
2: uh, yeah those? we're still we have not finished it on those yet but we're working on them
3: oh my god those are awesome because that's one of the hardest things to do when you're researching this stuff. It's like, okay, so there's this, and then there's that, and there's this. But I know they said something about it when you did the Sunbreaker subclass quest, but I can't remember what he said, and you've got that right there. You know, um, so just keep up the good work. Great job. Um and uh big shout out to Green Eyed a music lover from last week for being an awesome guest. And also to forest or purple chimera, um, this week being a wonderful guest. And then I throw it to Willie. Alrighty,
1: The, uh, talking stick has been thrown to me. Now. Well, as always going to start off, DOD dodx one, Fox shot. Love my crew. I know they get a little too rowdy and carried away sometimes. So, um, try to make sure I game to calmer members during streams here Um big shout out to discord chat I got on there and I'll be tweeting out I'm looking for options for the Friday shenanigans so if you're on Twitter or in the discord chat vote tell me what to play and I'll play it next week um, and big shout out to Bife for this particular episode because you can actually head over to his YouTube page and it was a video that conveniently came out on April 1st, where uh, a great legend of ours, who, whose name is too great to be said at this <laughs> point in time, helps poor Rusty and frees him from the oppression that is Master Ives of the, te- of the Reef. So if you haven't seen that video by Bife yet, it is amazing.
0: And I should have tear. I think. When and I it's first 100% heard
3: it. serious.
1: It's yeah, it's to- totally... Super serial, okay, Super serial. totally
3: despite happened. his like, crimes against humanity, you should definitely give his YouTube channel a, a peek. <laughs> <laughs> crimes against humanity. yeah, oh, that, that, that's that that's, video set the set the <laughs> progress of the of you yeah. know of reason back like a hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> and it also made Willie super hard to deal with. <laughs> Just a bit. Just a bit. Uh,
1: so anyway, yeah, because Justin did like a million shout outs. So I didn't have many people. Come on, to throw outs come on, to.
3: shout um, out some more, bro.
1: No, I think that's it. All
3: you right.
0: That. That's it. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend the evening with us. If you'd like to join us, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to all our sites can also be found with our episode archives over on www.focusfirechat.com. Thank you again to Forrest for spending your evening with us. We really appreciate it and look forward to getting you back on here sometime soon.
2: I had a great time and I look forward to chatting with you guys again.
0: Perfect. And please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any feedback or questions concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback on iTunes or through that email as well. We try to keep to the scheduled Wednesday night streams of the chat, starting out at approximately 10 p.m. Central. But if we have any variations, we always make sure to let everyone know through our Twitter account at FocusFireChat. Also, please be sure to check out our partner podcast within the Guardian Radio Network over on theGuardiansOfDestiny.com. So, until next time, the Lore Band marches on.
3: He's supposed to say something before he drops the mic. I, I, I found the mute button. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the push to talk wasn't working.